This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. No justice! No justice! Get out of the car with your hands up! I call for the police to stop killing. Come towards us. Do not go towards that door. How many times will a black person have to choke out the words, I can't breathe? Demands for racial justice as the deaths of unarmed black and Hispanic Americans by police reach the consciousness and the conscience of a nation. Say Their Names, a chant made popular so that we won't forget George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Michael Brown, and others. But there are other names not so well known, nonviolent people whose deaths at the hands of police deserve to have their stories told too. I'm Bob Garcia Buckaloo. I've been a journalist for four decades, many of those years reporting on our justice system in Texas. This podcast series tells the story of unarmed people who were of no apparent threat, whose deaths occurred after a confrontation with police. For them and for their families, justice has been slow to come, or not at all. We call this podcast Still No Justice, a collaboration between KVUE-TV in Austin, and Vault Studios. Driving down a Texas highway. It's a big state, of course. In fact, there are 80,000 miles of highway in Texas that can take you just about anywhere you want to go on a wide, well-paved road, even between the smallest of towns. There's Highway 34 that connects two small towns. The town of Italy, spelled like the country Italy, but pronounced Italy here, and Honey Grove. The towns are 120 miles apart, yet worlds apart from the hustle of Dallas a couple of hours to the west. We are in northeast Texas, where just about everyone lives in a small town. It's a mixture of prairies and thickets up here, the transition from the prairies of north Texas to the forests of far northeast Texas is a very gradual transition. That's reporter Mark Hazlitt from public radio station KETR in northeast Texas, Commerce, Texas to be exact. This part of the country is characterized by Blackland Prairies, which produced a lot of cotton back in the day. Hay is more prominent as a cash crop, although cotton is still grown. The milling of cotton led to the creation of one of those small northeast Texas towns on Highway 34, about halfway between Italy and Honey Grove. It's a town called Wolf City, named after the man who built the first mill here in the 1870s, J. Pinckney Wolf. Today, about 1,500 people live here. Northeast Texas tends to be a bit more African-American, a bit less Hispanic, a bit more elderly. We have lots of old folks up here. 
and education and economic numbers are below average compared to the rest of Texas. This is a place where there's lots of folks living on their social security, lots of older people. Uh, it's a very close-knit part of the state and it's very low-key. Folks around here don't like trouble, they don't like drama. It's a very traditional part of Texas. The name of Highway 34 changes as it enters the city limits of Wolf City. It's called Santa Fe Street. There are some nice homes along Santa Fe. People have taken care of them. Then as you approach downtown, small as it is, it's still a downtown. As you approach downtown, a few businesses line the road and just past the intersection of Main Street and Santa Fe, and across the street from the fire station is a convenience store called the Quick Pick. It's just a gas station convenience store. Uh, it's completely unremarkable, except for the fact that it's so centrally located right in the middle of Wolf City. If you're in downtown Wolf City and you need to put gas in your car, or you want to get a cup of coffee or a snack, that's where you go. So it's the type of place that everyone knows because even people who might travel and work in different circles in Wolf City, everybody goes to that particular gas station convenience store. It's right there in the middle of town. It's a Saturday night at the Quick Pick. It's October 5th, 2020. And a fight breaks out between a man and a woman who are inside the store. One of the customers steps forward and tries to break up what witnesses would later call a domestic violence incident. The man who steps up to intervene is Jonathan Price, a 31-year-old black man who works for the Public Works Department in Wolf City. So he's trying to break up the fight or the argument between the couple when a Wolf City police officer arrives at the store. Now it's not known yet if someone had called the cops or he just happened by. But somehow, shortly after the officer arrives, Jonathan Price, the man trying to break up the argument, was dead. He had been shot four times by the police officer. The next day, family members, and civil rights attorney Lee Merritt held a news conference in the Quick Pick parking lot. If this community, if the city officials, if the Texas Rangers, if law enforcement is concerned at all with the peace of this family, then they can take one step in the proper direction, which is treating the man who gunned him down feet away from where we stand now like any other criminal suspect. Indicting him, we're speaking with the Hunt County District Attorney's Office later today, uh, we want to see, to have access to the information that, that they have. Right now, everything that we've heard is based on rumor and innuendo. We want to see a copy of the video. We want to see the official police reports, which we haven't seen yet. We want the officer uh, officially named, identified, and arrested. This shouldn't have happened to Jonathan because of the character that he had. However, this shouldn't happen to anybody. Uh, and it ha happens far too often to unarmed black men, uh, particularly in North Texas. And so we, unfortunately, we can't divorce the race issue from it uh, because statistically speaking, we know that black men are 2.8 uh, times more likely to be killed by police. And, and that number, those numbers, that's nationally, those numbers are even more severe in North Texas. Jonathan Price was very well known in Wolf City, he was said to have had lots of friends, some of whom said it made sense that Jonathan would step up and try to stop an argument 
where a man was appearing to be abusive with a woman inside the store. Mr. Price did not become violent, but there was a male who was aggressive towards a woman. Uh, he spoke, uh, he intervened, uh, and the situation was resolved before law enforcement arrived, according to witnesses. Um, why this officer still felt the need to tase and shoot uh, Jonathan is beyond comprehension. And so he was a hero. He stepped in to intervene, and as, as a result of a uh, police officer's response, it cost him his life. Reporter Mark Hazlitt spent time in Wolf City to try and find out more about who Jonathan Price was. Apparently, he was just a very friendly, likable guy. He kept a positive public persona. He was a star athlete in high school playing football. And of course, even in the 21st century, small town Texas football is football. It's probably the single most dominant cultural force after people's religion and faith. So he was well known in the community based on his performance as an athlete and his skills and his leadership. And he had a full-time job working for the city, but he continued to work with young folks uh, as a kind of uh, counselor as well as personal trainer. And so he was just apparently a very affable, pleasant, positive, focused young man who looked to better himself and looked to better those around him. And he had a positive outlook. And of course, there's such a brain drain in these communities out here. A lot of them don't have a whole lot to offer young people economically. So folks go to cities to get their lives started and maybe they come back and maybe they don't. So when a talented young person uh, chooses to live in town, I mean, he did go away to college for a while, but he came back. Uh, people really appreciate that because these communities out here uh, really need and appreciate talented, energetic folks who are in their young adulthood who can contribute. Wolf City has a majority white population. According to U.S. Census estimates from 2018, just 13% of the 1,500 residents are black. Price was said to be well-liked among everyone in Wolf City. I think that personal reputation transcends race in towns like this. Now, that's not to say that racism doesn't exist and prejudice doesn't exist. And that's not to say that there are some folks who still have a lot of learning to do about the reality that African-Americans face in this country. But in light of all of that, uh, personal reputation really transcends race. He was a local and he was generally beloved. And so even in a town where racism and prejudice exists, you are going to have bonds and friendship across the cultures simply because these are small towns and people live and work with one another side by side. Uh, people were heartbroken at the loss of this 31-year-old man. Uh, there was a great deal of pain visible in the community. We would never think that it would happen here. And look at us now. Monday night, there was a vigil honoring Price. 
uh, downtown, uh, centered right around the convenience store where all of this happened. And there was a great deal of sorrow. We have one request, one demand from this mother and from this father, and it's arrest the cop that killed Jonathan Price today. The night of the vigil for Jonathan Price, the name of the police officer who shot him became known. His name is Sean Lucas, and authorities charged him with murder. Reporter Mark Hazlitt. Sean Lucas is 22 years old. He's white. He's one of three police officers in Wolf City. He was the most recently hired. So what have the investigators said publicly so far about the moment when Officer Lucas arrived at the quick pick? Lucas arrived, and Lucas and Price had some sort of exchange. And again, the statement issued by the Texas Rangers contradicts the affidavit submitted by Price's attorney. The Rangers say that Lucas responded around 8.30 to what was called a possible fight in progress. By the time Lucas arrived there, the couple that apparently had been fighting had already left the premises. Price was still there. Price went up to Lucas and offered him his hand in a handshake while saying, you doing good? You doing good? Apparently, several times, uh, Price greeted Lucas, offering his hand to shake, say, you knew, you doing good? And the uh, Texas Ranger statement also mentioned that Price apologized for broken glass on the ground in that area. And he apparently told uh, Officer Lucas that someone had tried to, quote, wrap me up. So clearly there had been a tussle of some sort, perhaps Price getting involved with, uh, with the man in the uh, arguing couple. We also know that Lucas decided that uh, Price was intoxicated or appeared to be intoxicated and tried to arrest Price. Uh, for public intoxication. And this is where the two accounts of what happened differ dramatically. The law enforcement agency known as the Texas Rangers has been investigating the death of Jonathan Price. The Texas Rangers statement, as well as some eyewitness testimony, say that Price was in a non-threatening posture with his hands up when Lucas tased Price. And then when the taser apparently didn't work, again, we don't know whether the taser just didn't operate at all or whether uh, the tasing didn't affect Price in the way that Lucas thought it would. We do know that Officer Lucas shot Jonathan Price and uh, killed him there in the parking lot of the gas station. The affidavit submitted by Lucas's attorney says that Price was going for Officer Lucas's taser uh, when Lucas shot Price. Uh, that contradicts the statement issued by the Texas Rangers. So uh, apparently that's all we have to go with right now, but we expect to learn a whole lot more when this case finally goes to trial. But why did Officer Lucas use his taser on Price? Officer Lucas's attorney 
said that Lucas was trying to arrest Price and that Price was uncooperative, that Price was walking away, and that Price told Lucas, I can't be detained. That's what the affidavit from Lucas's attorney said. They said that Price was not cooperating with Lucas's attempt to arrest Price. They say that Price was walking away from Lucas. And then when Lucas tased Price, they say that Price went after Lucas's taser and that's when Lucas shot Price. But again, that account differs from the Texas Ranger statement, which concluded that Officer Lucas's actions were uh, unreasonable. Officer Sean Lucas shot Price four times. Two days after the shooting, he was charged with murder. Dallas TV reporter Jobin Panicker was among the journalists who covered that story. There will be a city council meeting here tonight. We expect strong emotion and possibly a large crowd. To see that it was my cousin in my hometown, like that just really, it was an explosion to my heart. And a crowd showed up at the city council meeting that night. Some came to mourn the loss of Jonathan Price. I'm speechless. I can't even cry no more, man. Like, it's, this, is, this hurts. This hurts. Someone urged the city police to do a better job of screening applicants for positions on the force. I just hope and pray that next time you all hire someone, you do a thorough background. Before the meeting had ended, the city council voted unanimously to fire Officer Lucas. After all, he had been charged with the murder of Jonathan Price. Sean Lucas's stepfather says his stepson is sorry about what happened that night. It's just, uh, it's, it's just, I can't wrap my brain around this. He's a good kid. He's, uh, he's devastated. According to WFAA-TV reporter Jobin Panicker, Texas attorney Robert Rogers will represent Sean Lucas. He wrote in a statement, Officer Lucas only discharged his weapon in accordance with the Texas law when he was confronted by an aggressive assailant who was attempting to take his taser. Attorney Lee Merritt represents the Jonathan Price family. He responded, Lucas's attorney is attempting to bias the public, he said, with a one-sided account of the events. This deliberate misinformation, the family attorney went on, must be offset by the release of the video. Yes, there are multiple videos of the events of that night, from the body cam worn by the police officer and the numerous video cameras inside and outside the convenience store. Price's family is urging authorities to make them available. My office is writing a letter to the owner of the gas station uh, demanding the release of that video. They've turned it over to the sheriff's department. Well, the sheriff's department's officer was responsible for killing Jonathan Price. In other words, they turned the evidence over to the defendant, but not to the family who lost the loved one. It, 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 that is incomprehensible. It's not what's required by law. If law enforcement instructed them not to share that evidence with the family, then shame on law enforcement. Uh, but we expect transparency, and right now they are complicit in a cover-up, and we expect that video. Above all, Jonathan Price's family wants justice. His mother. My son got life. I want him to get life. And think about it. You know, you ain't going to have time to think about it. My son is not.
The bleachers on the Wolf City High School football field were full when Jonathan's going home service, his funeral, happened. The words of reporter Jobin Panicker that day captured the mood of a small town that said goodbye to one of its own. When a small community comes to mourn, this is what it looks like. Everybody here is family. Peace is the message. Jonathan would have wanted that. The early morning haze lifts and this small town starts to show for a public funeral service. Wolf City is a very tight-knit community. A community now tighter through tragedy. Jonathan Price was shot and killed in town just seven days ago. Former town officer Sean Lucas faces a murder charge, but today was not about him. This community is always going to be different without Jonathan Price. A 31-year-old was well-known, well-liked. We all grew up together. He was fun-loving, caring, uh, would do anything for anybody. Proven by the numbers sitting in chairs and many more on the bleachers, on the field of the high school where number five used to play. This is where his heart was. This is where friendships were forged, but now also where Jonathan's story enters a national discussion. Small city America is where police brutality happens. Even if it only happens once, in the aggregate, it becomes intolerable. The family ultimately seeks justice, and that should have no bearing on big or small town. But the shock feels heavier here. Something like this you see on the news, you see everywhere else, but you don't see here at home. And this really hit home. A community of 1,500 people, pain and sorrow, are all the same. The former police officer, Sean Lucas, who shot and killed Jonathan Price, remains in jail. His trial date has not been set. Jonathan Price's mother still grieves for the loss of her son. <laughs> and they took my son from me, oh Lord. They took my son. Oh, my baby. And they wouldn't let me get close to my baby. I just wanted to just hold his head. They wouldn't even let me do that. I just wanted to crawl over it to him. And a small town on Texas Highway 34 tries to reckon with what happened that night at the Quick Pick. And so does Mark Hazlitt, the radio news reporter who spent some time in a community dealing with the loss of one of its own. When anything like this happens, it always makes you reflect on the fragility of life and how we're just so vulnerable uh, to death and how a bad decision, somebody else's bad decision, uh, can end our lives quickly and unexpectedly. So to me, it just underscored the fragility of life. And of course, obviously, the uh, the social and political context uh, of race and policing in the United States. That was also part of what I took away from it. But the, the personal sense of life's fragility was something that I was thinking about when I was driving home after that vigil. Still No Justice is a podcast series produced by Austin television station KVUE in collaboration with Vault Studios. Our thanks to the journalists and management at Dallas TV station WFAA for their assistance in making this episode possible. 
Sarah Bryant is executive producer of this podcast. I'm Bob Garcia Bacalute.